like this because i'm getting fucking ragdolled over here <laughs> welcome to the podcast i fucking hate every one of you this is fade us <laughs> you hate us or the listeners <laughs> not the listeners but i would say 95 percent of the listeners are us so i don't know thank you I, to all 15 people who listened to last week's episode as i tweeted out yeah. we appreciate it 15 you're kidding yeah got a, quite, go. quite a few as I tweeted out, the sun is shining, yet I feel no warmth. Um, it's week five without sports. This fucking blows. I hate it so much. I, I know I said I'd try to stay positive. It's not happening. Everyone's making fun of me over here. I got shit going on at my house. Fuck this. What's going on, fellas? Hey, uh, I guess that was kind of an intro in. Um, yeah, yeah life kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> last week, uh, instead of watching the Masters, I watched uh, the replays of the Masters. I watched Tiger Woods win in 97 and 2005. Then I watched Phil Mickelson win in 2004. And then Sunday, I got to relive Tiger Woods winning the 2019 Masters. So, yeah, that's all I did last week, actually. And right now, I'm supposed to be watching the opening round of the Heritage uh, in Hilton Head. But obviously, we're uh, still under quarantine. And... Uh, Life is just kind of moving as it was. I don't, I don't have much to add, boys. It's, it sucks. I, I mean, like I said, I mean, sunflower seeds got a bunch of water bottles full of them. It's, it's been my new hobby. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm supposed to technically graduate college in two weeks, so time is just a time doesn't really exist at this point. Uh, all I really do is wake up, att- attempt an emphasis on that, to do some work, and then just drink and watch Netflix. Uh, thank God the draft's next week, so I can at least bet some props, which what we'll get into a little later. But uh, yeah, I am uh, I am struggling uh, big time. Did you order your cap and gown? You know what. At- <clears throat> Because of the, I believe a bunch of schools have done this. I don't know if your school is doing it too. Uh, we're supposed to do a virtual ceremony. Oh no! <laughs> um, my, my, I am. I can tell you right now, I will not be attending that. Um, I know Father Parlay is is a, is a dedicated listener to this. Uh, sorry, Dad. I'm not that. <laughs> um, but the uh, the moms of. Uh, me and my roommates want to throw us a bit of a graduation party. Ten I've people been asked to get a cap and da- ten, cap and gown. Ten people. That's all it's allowed. Um, if it's inside, they'll never know. Um, <laughs> Ask Dak Prescott. I, 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 basically, I, I've been told to get one. I've yet to make that purchase. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't really know. No, we weren't planning on doing virtual. I'm supposed to graduate with a graduate degree uh, in about a month now, but uh, they're still saying that we're going to have commencement maybe in July. I just don't see it happening, so I'm, I haven't spent any money on uh, any of my stuff yet. So, yeah, we'll see. But if, yeah. you, if you do it virtually, someone's definitely just going to show their ass cheeks or something. <clears throat> Might be me if I drink a couple of Jack DeSoto's. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, signature drink of the Fatus podcast. <laughs> Going out on top. Yeah, this week has been fucking terrible for me. I'm not getting into it. But the fact that I don't have a release from anything, like there's no sports on, just is driving me absolutely insane. Um, there's nothing left. Even like I, I played NCAA for like 12 hours on Saturday. Like that, that's, I, I'm like, 
<laughs> gamed out right now. I'm I'm now the head well, not myself, Ralph Fisker. <laughs> I believe I believe I mentioned how he took over at Middle Tennessee State last week. The Raiders. Went, ele- went eleven and two. We lost to the former team in Nebraska. We got blown the fuck out. And then we lost like Florida Atlantic in like a really weird game, like forty nine to forty two, because my defense couldn't stop anybody. But we beat Mississippi State in the bowl game, finished like eleventh, and then took the USC head coaching job. Ironically enough, with quarterback JT Daniels, who entered the transfer portal in real life today, but he is fucking good on this game. It's got like almost a thousand yards and almost ten touchdowns in two games so far. So he's one thousand percent going to win the Heisman. But that's where that's where my life is right now. It blows, and I can't even or don't even really want to play video games anymore. I don't even want to drink during the week, which is how bad it is. So that's, this this is going to sound really nerdy, and I don't play this like all the time. And I know a lot of people really enjoy it, but the Call of Duty games. Listen, I only have a PS3. I haven't bought a new game system since the last one I bought in 2012. I can't even save any online progress playing like Black Ops or anything like that because Activision just doesn't care anymore. So like, we can't even play video games and save any online progress. This is this is just how. This is just how quarantine's been going, man. I just, there's just nothing to do. Yeah, I think the only glimmer of hope that we got this week was from the PGA Tour when they released their tentative schedule, which will begin June 11th and will run every single week except for one through December 6th. I mean, this is fucking amazing. (laughs) Like, break out the Vaseline and some tissues and just lay down and go to town. Because I'll tell you what, this this is, like I said, the only glimmer of hope in my life right now. So, I mean, I guess this is my cue because I've had some notes on this to begin with. I guess this is probably the most optimistic I've been about sports returning since any have started to be canceled. Uh, The NHL, the NBA, when they canceled, it was like so sudden and there weren't any plans to begin with. They kept talking about their monitoring situation, but I just don't see those seasons coming back, unfortunately. However, the PGA, all they've been able to do is just sit around saying, maybe this day we can return, maybe that day we can't return. The other big thing about golf is that spectator-wise, it's easy to stay six feet apart, and all a lot of these early tournaments, I think up until – uh, the John Deere Classic are supposed to be played without fans. Mm-hmm. A pretty smart idea. Um, I know there has been a lot of talk, a lot of people who are uneducated on this game of golf saying like, well, these players are so rich. Why aren't they just flying private and all that? Uh, maybe only the top 10 earners in the world are able to fly privately. Uh, while it would be nice for all these athletes to be able to get to a place safely uh, by themselves with just their uh, their crew, their caddy, their coach, whatever, as well as the pilots, that'd be nice. However, most of them are not making enough money to do that. So to be able to do this without as many people is probably the best way to do it uh, until that July 4th date when we know a little bit more, maybe a little bit after that, still no fans. Uh, but I think that July 4th date is a good place to shoot. However, starting the season June 11th, while it's optimistic, this is also the most optimistic I've been about uh, sports returning. So again, uh, as the score said, we're starting off the season June 11th with the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, not a tournament I've really paid attention to. Not a lot of big names usually play in that one. Uh, so probably a good one to start it off. Some of the guys who are playing uh, some of the lesser-known tournaments to get a start. Then the next week is the RBC Heritage, uh, which takes place uh, the week of June 18th on Hilton Head Island at the Harbortown Links. This is a tournament I'm actually excited for. Usually this tournament takes place the week following the Masters. So, you know, most of the guys playing in the Masters, obviously the top golfers in the world, probably going to take the next week off. We usually don't see a lot of the huge names in the Heritage, or at least we haven't in the last few years. However, guys like Jim Furyk have won that tournament. Um, I believe Phil Mickelson has won that tournament in the past. A lot of big names have won this tournament. Uh, And it will be interesting to see if some of those big names do decide to play this tournament as it is the second in this new reopening of the PGA Tour season. Uh, So it would be cool to see a lot of those guys start to play in that one. However, there's a problem with that. I don't know if any of you guys have been to the Sea Islands of South Carolina in late June. 
uh, those guys are going to be sweating their absolute yeah, bags. They're it's going to be sweating their absolute bags off on Hilton Head Island June 18th through the 21st. Oh, yeah. Uh, then then we got next week, they'll go up to Connecticut uh, for the Travelers. Usually, you know, a lot of guys do go and play that. Jim Furyk won there a few years ago uh, with that historic 59 round. Uh, Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. That one I'm still a little bit scared about. That's supposed to be the last tournament played without fans July 2nd through the 4th. Uh, Detroit's been getting hit so hard. Um, I'm sure uh, Johnny Parlays can attest to that. He knows how things are going up in Michigan a little bit better than I am, but I've been hearing that uh, the Detroit area has been you know, kind of a hotbed lately. So that we're hoping that that still goes on as planned again without fans, but you know, we'll hopefully be able to assess a little bit later down the road. And then you got some tournaments that no one really cares about, like the John Deere, this three M open. Oh, don't talk shit about the John Deere. I'm going to talk shit about it because the RBC heritage is a little bit more important. Um, but we also, the week after the, uh, the John Deere, we also have the Memorial, which takes place the week of July 16th down in Dublin, Ohio. Uh, this is Jack Nicholas's tournament. Um, the Golden Bear, uh, a lot of big names come out for that one, and fans may be able to go to that tournament. Uh, if it is, I am strongly considering buying tickets myself to go down to the Columbus area, enjoy a weekend down there. I'm being optimistic again. Hopefully things are back open, the bars, everything, and I can go watch uh, the Big Cat Tiger, maybe Phil Mickelson, guys like that play in Dublin at the Memorial uh, down there at Muirfield Village. Uh, Then a little bit later on, this is one of those tournaments that I think definitely needs to happen is the World Golf Challenge, the FedEx St. Jude invite. A lot of these tournaments, uh, for the most part, have some type of charitable association. This is a huge one in that the uh, World Golf Championship in FedEx with FedEx uh, donates a large portion of the proceeds to the St. Jude Children's Hospital. All these tournaments, like I said, have some type of charitable association. And right now they're all missing out on it. All these charities like uh, Shriners Hospital, St. Jude, anything like that, they're missing, a, they're missing a lot of dollars. So I really hope that players are able to get out to that St. Jude invite. Uh, try and bring a big crowd if we're able to have crowds by then and get some of that money running back to some of those great causes. Uh, otherwise, you know, the Barracuda Championship uh, out there in Reno, um, Not sure, don't have a ton of information on that one, not one I usually tune into. However, the big one after that would be the PGA Championship, August 6th, at Harding Park in San Francisco. Uh, This would be the first major to return. Uh, Obviously, the Open Championship is not going to happen this year. The RNA, the Royal and Ancient Golf Association, has some type of insurance policy that if they were to cancel, they get all their money back and can pay all their employees. Great for their employees, but we don't get to watch golf uh, from a links course uh, in Great Britain, Scotland, England, anything like that. So we won't see the Open Championship the year, this year. So the PGA Championship at Harding Park in San Francisco. Again, San Francisco, another place that's been uh, very uh, uh, hit or hit very hard uh, by the coronavirus or the Big C, as uh, Frankie Overs likes to refer to it. Uh, I really, really hope that the PGA can happen. It's just San Francisco is going to be a tough location for that to continue. Hopefully we get to see that major championship. And then uh, August 13th through September the 4th, you've got the Wyndham uh, Championship, the Northern Trust, the BMW Championship, and then, of course, the Tour Championship. This one I'm wondering about, honestly, no one really – do you guys care about the FedEx Cup, the Tour Championship, anything like that besides the individual tournaments? Yeah, when Tiger. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> but but he won. But he won the Tour Championship in the last year. It was like its own tournament, and now it's like it all accumulates because of the points they win during the season. Right now, we're in a season. We're just glad they're playing. We really aren't monitoring the points. I know right now, Sung J M is winning the FedEx Cup. If it were to end today. But I'm not really paying attention to those tournaments together. If they're only to have a couple of those, uh, maybe the Northern Trust or the BMW along with the Tour Championship, I don't think they need all four because no one's really caring about the FedEx Cup right now. At least I'm not. Uh, I want to see the Tour Championship. The only thing is a couple weeks later, people are going to be gearing up for the U.S. Open at Wingfoot in New York. So, I mean, they're gonna have, you're going to have the best in golf playing those four tournaments to try and stay in the playoff to get to the Tour Championship, keep earning those points to win the Tour Championship at Eastlake. 
and then be able to turn around and play the U.S. Open, the second major at Wingfoot, is just going to be tough, I think. So I really think the PGA could have thought about that a little bit better. But I'm also going to try and rag on the USGA a little bit right now. Um, the USGA is going to play the U.S. Open September 17th through the 20th. And while that's great to have the second major, the next week, the best players from the United States and Europe are going to get together at Whistling Straits from the 25th through the 27th for the Ryder Cup. So those guys have to go from the U.S. Open right to the Ryder Cup. That's going to be a really, really tough turnaround, especially with the PG or uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs right before it. I really think that that is something that the USGA could have thought about a little bit more because there's really no tournament after the Ryder Cup until the big one that we're all waiting for, November 12th through the 15th, the Masters in Augusta. So I really think that the USGA, uh, in all their wisdom, really could have thought that out a little bit better. I know there's been some backlash between the USGA and the actual players on the PGA Tour in the last few years. Uh, I know Kevin Kisner has talked about how it's a bunch of doctors and lawyers making decisions for professional golfers. Uh, I really think that the USGA could have thought that out a little bit more, maybe played it a couple of weeks after the Ryder Cup. I think that would have fit a lot better for there to be the Ryder Cup than the U.S. Open. Give it a couple of weeks, and the players are ready to go at Augusta National for the big one, the Masters. That's Now, I'm, sounds like I'm complaining a lot, and it, I did complain a lot. Guys, I'm so glad to have golf back. Um, the, the, to me, there's... It's that's what I'm saying is that this is the most optimistic I've been because they haven't said anything. They haven't really talked about what's or what's going to be improved, what's going to actually happen since things have gotten canceled. While every other league, every other sport has put something out there that we're coming back this day and then it gets canceled. The PGA has been sitting back, waiting, looking at all the data they can. I think this is the most well thought out plan there has been. Uh, for any sport across the board. So I am more optimistic about the PGA Tour coming back than any other sport right now. And I know that sucks because we want we wanted the NBA championship. We wanted the Stanley Cup playoffs. We want baseball to start up. But I really think that if anyone is going to come back, it's going to be the PGA. Uh, and while I'm a big golf guy already, I think if this is the sport to come back this summer to be the first one, potentially the only one we're going to have a lot more fans of the game of golf because this is the only, I think the best chance we have at a sport uh, in the next couple of months. So while I don't think I really don't want to jinx it. This is what I'm most optimistic about. Uh, so I don't want to complain about the USGA and some of these other tournaments, some of the scheduling they've done. Um, I just think there are some things, some other details they could have thought about a little bit more, uh, but the USGA, um, you know, they kind of screw over some players here and there. So I'm not, too afraid to trash them. Also, I'm no longer a member of the USGA because I left my country club and I'm kind of independent right now. So USGA, uh, my middle finger is up to you for scheduling that a week before the Ryder Cup. Anything well, else I you mean, guys got? Yeah. I had to wake up after you went on your little <laughs> rampage there. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, I'm, so, I'm sorry to like, all the, the listeners who might... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm, gonna say, I'm sorry to all the listeners who might not give a shit about golf. Uh, in a couple of months when we're playing the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, and nothing else is going on, yeah, um, guess, you're welcome. Guess what you're watching. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you, are, you are going to be the biggest fan of guys like Matt Kuchar and Gary Woodland, so congratulations. So I, the tough thing with some of this scheduling, it's like – I think with New York being like the epicenter of everything going on right now, they had to basically push it back as far as humanly possible. So like the middle of September in New York for the U S open, now Grant's not New York city, but it is in New York this year. It is going to be quite interesting because we could get, you know, it could be 75 degrees or it could be 45 degrees and raining. So the U S open could be real interesting this year. But they basically had to push it back as long as possible well, to give that area you, enough time to heal. You brought it up. Again, I didn't really touch on this with Wingfoot, but uh, the town Wingfoot is in borders against New Rochelle, which was 
that that was like ground zero for the United States. That's where uh, the most or like the highest per capita cases came out before everything started to become a complete disaster. So that has to be something that they have to worry about. But hopefully by then, you know, some of this will be more figured out. But that is something to keep in mind for uh, the U.S. Open. Yeah. And then so like look looking at it. I know where Whistling Straits is and Madison, Wisconsin are are like nowhere near each other. But Wisconsin is on the road that week in college football when they're supposed to be playing the Ryder Cup. And uh, the next two weeks they'll be at home. So I don't know if maybe they're anticipating, you know, limiting the number of mass gatherings that they could have in the state of Wisconsin for the Ryder Cup. And that was like really the only time that they could do it. I don't know. I really have no idea what the fuck they're thinking. But if you push it back into October, golf in Wisconsin in October. It will happen. Yeah, you they have can't. no idea. It could be snowing. So, like, they, they really had no choice with the Ryder Cup. They couldn't really move it. And I would assume they wanted to push the U.S. Open back as far as humanly possible. So, th- I think they just kind of ran out of ran out of time there. I'm just so excited looking at all this. I'll be watching every single tournament. Um, and another thing, you know, keep your eyes peeled because as of today, the senior uh, U.S. Open Championship or whatever the fuck it is. There we go. Is still on. There we go at Firestone Country Club in Akron, Ohio, baby. So we'll get to maybe see John Daly pound some uh, Diet Cokes. And no shit, and- no shit. I went to that last year, and uh, as John Daly was leaving the driving range on his personal golf cart that the Senior Tour allows him to use because of his knee issues, not because of anything else associated with his health. Uh, I said, "Hey, go hit him hard, big guy." And he and his caddy both looked at me and said, thank you, and then left, and that was that. Wow. Hell of a guy. <laughs> Great story. <clears throat> and Freddie oh, Couples didn't even, like, look at me when I said, go get him, Freddie, but whatever. It's a fun tournament. I'm just – the, the, the Ryder Cup and the U.S. Open being that close to each other is just interesting to me. I'm just curious as to how how Ryder Cup performance kind of leads. I don't, I don't know. It, it's just um, – my my biggest point ever since is just seeing all those the dates and the tournaments names. So I'm okay with anything. I'm so I don't, I'm in no position to complain about anything uh, like the Godfather. But um, so, you know, it's it's golf. If you knew you were so Godfather, Godfather, Godfather. I got a question. So I've I really only like, pay attention to oh, golf so like, in the so majors and the Ryder Cup. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're pretty, I mean, it's, it's worked out for him so far. So my question with the way the schedule is right now with you have the second major a week before the Ryder Cup, obviously you want to win a major, but maybe aside from Patrick Reed, just because he loves playing in the Ryder Cup, even though he sucked in France, what do you think maybe some players will maybe focus on one or the other or say like maybe save their best golf for the Ryder cup or play their best us open, I guess, just like, do you think, obviously I don't think you can expect right. two straight weeks in such high intense it's, golf it's situations with the best occur. competitors that we so have. I guess it's like more like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess just which what what tournament would you expect golfers to uh, play? I think their best that at? on it's going to be really tough because not only do we have the U.S. Open a couple weeks before that now, given there's a week in between here, but you have that whole month of golf where you have the FedEx playoffs, and then you have a week off, then you have the U.S. Open. So I really think that people are probably going to be a little bit more rested for the U.S. Open, but. And I, I think that we're going to see a pretty even level of golf at the Ryder Cup still because the people playing the U.S. Open, the top 30 in that tournament are also the people playing at the Ryder Cup. For the most part, obviously, there's going to be some outliers with guys from uh, other places of the world. Uh, I just think the guys at the Ryder Cup are going to be pretty tired, pretty fatigued from playing the U.S. Open the week before and then playing the playoffs uh, not too uh, long before that. Uh, the, wing, the, the, Ryder, the Ryder Cup, that it's, I think it's going to be a weird tournament, and I'm really excited for it because it's at Whistling Straits, which is one of the, the most beautiful courses to see on TV um, and probably in person, not that I've ever seen it myself. But I, I really think that the Ryder Cup, it's going to be a tired tournament, and the guys are going to be really working to try and stay relaxed. Or the U.S. There. is going to get shit kicked no. again and then just mail it in. 
with everything that you just said, Godfather, that plays a lot into the decisions that Tiger Woods is going to be making when he figures out which of these tournaments he's going to be playing in. And probably one of the 10 best follows on Twitter for me is Mm -hmm. Tiger Tracker. And he tweeted out, these are the events Tiger would play under normal circumstances. Pick seven of these 11. And so the 11 are the Memorial, St. Jude, PGA Championship, Northern Trust, BMW Tour Championship. Those are those three are all playoff events. The U.S. Open Ryder Cup, uh, the Zozo, which is what he won earlier this year. I guess you can count this year. Um, the Masters and the Hero World Challenge, which is his tournament. So if you pick, let's say, as Tiger Tracker proposed, seven of those, um, he's going to play all three majors. He's going to play in his tournament. Um, you know, Memorial is, of course, very fond to him. You'd think he'd probably play that. You know, is he going to play all the playoff events? The Ryder Cup may seem like a given, but coming off of the U.S. Open, is he going to play in the Ryder Cup? Will and he even, you know, be qualified to play in the Ryder Cup? So this this really condensed schedule puts a lot of questions in the air of what we can expect from Tiger over the next whatever seven months or so honestly i'm not too worried about the tournaments he's going to play in i mean he's going to play in those three you mentioned the pga the u.s open and the masters for sure he'll most likely play uh, at the memorial he always plays in at jack's place uh otherwise we only have the the only wgc event on the schedule right now uh to be left is the saint jude invitational he may or may not play that who knows um it's not a ton of travel for him being in Memphis. I think he's – you can't count him out as a, at least a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. So I still think we're going to see Tiger at Whistling Straits in September. Um, just because, uh, again, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but the guy is not the youngest. Um, and I think golf as a game wants him in as many international tournaments as they can get him in. Uh, before you know the inevitable retirement happens, and then we're watching him at Firestone on the Champions Oof. Tour. Uh, that we're still a few years down the road, but I still think he's going to be playing in that Ryder Cup, rest assured. Yeah, I don't. I don't think my concern is whether or not he qualifies for it. My question is whether he feels physically good enough that he can go play in it. Yeah, I guess because that's the question. Reali- that back, he realistically, he realistically could be playing one, two, three, four five events in seven weeks if he plays all three playoff events and then the two majors sandwiched in there and then go when's the last the time he did Cup. that that when's just seems like a lot of golf that, for him right? to be playing <laughs> yeah exactly so i i don't know if it's if it's a 100 percent given that we see tiger in the Ryder cup this year i'm hoping so but i i don't know so we'll see what happens all i can say about that is um not that I'm going to say that the big C is a blessing in the skies because it's just not a blessing in anything, but Tiger Woods right now does have the opportunity to just be resting his back as much as mm-hmm. possible. I'm sure he has some masseuse that he's just paying to live at his house so they don't have to socially distance and is rubbing that thing out <laughs> um, like every day. So I, I think that <laughs> if we're going to have a year where Tiger's back is going to be doing anything as far as uh, injury-wise, this is probably going to be the healthiest we've seen him in a few years. Uh, So, I mean, you know, you're making me feel a little bit uneasy about the Ryder Cup. Uh, Today is an optimistic day. Golf is saying that they're coming back, so I'm going to hold on to that, that golf is coming back and Tiger's coming back, and it's going to be big in 2020. And I'm holding on to that, so no one can ruin that tonight. (laughs) Absolutely not. So that's going to that's gonna do it for the golf talk. We'll update as we hear more. Um, one of the other big stories that came out this week was related to the college basketball scene and how it may be shifting a little bit. The number one prospect in 2020, Jalen Green, um, was expected to go to a school out west, I believe, one of those major college programs out west, ended up foregoing all that entering into the the G League initiative that Adam Silver recently put into place. Um, so he's going to forego college playing the G League. And not only that, but they're going to start a whole new team for him in Los Angeles that he's going to headline with uh, former Michigan verbal commit Isaiah Todd. 
And these two are going to pay him half a mil. No. <laughs> yeah, these two are basically reshaping amateur athletics in the blink of an eye. Um, and kind of going underneath the radar with what we've seen because of the big C and everything going on right now. So, Johnny, I know you're a big college basketball guy. And, Frankie, I know you have some strong opinions mm-hmm. on this as well. You know, what is what is this lasting impact going to be of, of what we saw come out this week? <clears throat> so, just I'll start as a college basketball fan. Um, I know, as you stated, uh, Jalen Green is one of the top prospects. I was reading a couple articles that some have been projected as the number one prospect in the 2021 draft. And from Jalen, if I'm in Jalen Green's shoes, this on this is probably the best decision you could have made. You aren't, if you try to go overseas, you you're not sure if anything's going to be played in New Zealand or Spain or wherever uh, foreign basketball is played. Um, right now, you're not even sure if the 2020, 2021 college basketball season is even going to be played. So, on top of getting paid, I believe I saw it's about 500K to play in the G League. Uh, the G League's also giving him a $125,000 scholarship if he ever chooses to, to attend a school to get his education. Um, I doubt with a guy of his talent he would ever consider that. But from the college basketball perspective, this is something that eventually – I thought would happen. Obviously, uh, Corona, I think, uh, sped this up a little bit. But what this essentially does, it puts the ball in the the NCAA's court. And Square, you know that I I don't hate many people more than Mark Emmert, who's the NCAA president. I think he's a rat. I think he's one of the worst people that walks this planet. It, it, It puts the ball in the NCAA's court about, giving athletes the opportunity to benefit off of their likeness. And what it does on the flip side for the NBA is it creates a much easier and wider path to just say, Hey, if you like when LeBron was in high school, you can just skip college, go right from high school to the NBA. Um, It also is making the G league a much more enticing opportunity for prospects. So if anything, this enhances the G League, which was kind of looked down upon. It makes the NBA – I think it makes the NBA's job much easier to make one and – or the uh, jump from high school to the pros much easier. And if anything, it just makes the NCAA right. look can, just more dumb and stupid just and assholes. just absolutely tone deaf that these morons – I could go on and on too – and. We'll save it for another podcast, but the the NCAA is probably going to be the reason why college football is the last sport to come back. But I mean, just the NCAA. This is the NCAA's fault. Why people are why kids are choosing to go to the G League over. Yeah, and, and my my basketball. my thoughts are just from like the 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 G League and and the NBA perspective. It's it's more like and the, and the G League is also implementing like a whole new like training system. Uh, just in addition to the, the season that the G league plays, I, I, I'm known, I, I didn't read all of Woj's article. I'll have to do that, but it just like, uh, like, like Johnny had said, it's just, it, it's just making the NCAA look terrible. And it's, uh, and it, and it's, and it was, it was an amazing decision. I, I'm not, does, does the G league have its own commissioner or is that Adam Silver as well? I'm not sure, but, uh, but, but uh, Adam Silver looks excellent here. I, I, I think that we're going to see dozens and dozens and dozens of these high school kids who are averaging 38 points a game just being like, fuck this. I'm taking half a mil. Maybe I'll get signed by Adidas when I'm 19. And just and, and it just and you're just boom. Why? Why even worry about having to go to go to college for six months? Right. Yep. Why, I, I mean, like, OK, maybe mm-hmm. I, maybe I don't get Coach K for a year or Izzo for a year. I, who gives a shit? You're going to be in the league in a year and a half. <laughs> and 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 you you have already been playing against professional ballers and right? I I mean I, I don't I'm sure the G League competition is just going to exceed from here. Um I I don't know. I I think this 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 is just all really good news for the NBA in my opinion. Can I chime in real quick? Of course. 
Uh, now, these guys are obviously very, very yeah. good at a sport. I was never that. Uh, and they have the opportunity to make money as 18-year-olds by playing in the G League rather than going to college. But you mentioned that they have the ability to go to six months. F- they have the ability to go hang out at college for six months before they go to the NBA. Do you think that maybe if all these guys, all these prospects start to go to the G League, that maybe I could go to college for another six months and take their place? Because I want to go back to college for six months. <laughs> You've seen well, the video how about you, how, how are you at basketball? Yeah, your left, your, your left hand needs a little work. <laughs> but if Coach K wants me, I, I'll go hang out in wherever Duke is. <laughs> you, you do that. <laughs> I don't know, if man. If, I, if, 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 if anything, I'm an 18-year-old if and, anything, and I'm getting at a half a million dollar check and I get to play against pros immediately and I can continue to find ways to make money within that whatever six-month season and in, in, a, in a professional league, Right, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, and like, can't you get like called up from the G League whenever? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know all the stipulations there. What if you can get into the league yeah. right away after just playing? I just really miss college. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a pair. <laughs> and if anything, it's if anything, yes, that there are going to be there are going to be some kids who are like, you know what? Of course, I right. Want that and, one and, year of what the and college that's perfectly experience fine. is. That's perfectly fine. I mean, and yeah, and that's play in the tournament. Like, Give me something to bet yeah, on. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me let me feel what March Madness is. But the like Jalen Green, I think, is just the first domino to fall. I mean, and Isaiah Todd, as the square mentioned. I mean. Uh, over the next few years, unless the NCAA acts quickly, obviously it's probably a race to see what gets done first, whether likeness or uh, the I can't see it happening. I can't. The NBA. Um, <laughs> like those guys are assholes. I mean, if, there's no way. <laughs> they they've had ample opportunity to do this. <laughs> it's, mm. <laughs> if we Fast. could have a podcast that was just <laughs> one episode of just shitting on the NCAA, I would absolutely tee off. Because that's the wor- that might be more corrupt than our own government. Not to get that's political. saying something. Um, well, I mean, eventually it's gonna t- it's gonna tarnt. Like, I know you guys love college basketball. I love it. Look forward to March Madness every year. I mean, part of the like, I think if this was in, if the, if we're in Zion Williamson's shoes, I mean, it's definitely something to consider whether he would have played last year. I mean, we're gonna if you're a college basketball fan, you're gonna miss out on watching a guy start at Kentucky or Kansas or Duke in March. And instead he's going to be not to shit on the G league. And I agree with you, Frankie, that the G league is probably going to um, improve in its uh, ratings and stuff and how it appeals to a basketball fan. But I mean, we're going to miss out on March of just seeing these guys try and carry teams. It's what, right. it's what adds to the authenticity of March and, I'm not blaming these kids at all. I, I love the move that Jalen Green does because it, it only makes the NCAA look worse. But, I mean, it, it's eventually – it's going to get worse and worse for the NCAA overall. So, I'm – like, I agree with most of the stuff you guys are saying. But I do have a couple things that kind of contradict what you're saying. So, first off, let's let's not, like, gloss over the fact that the G League isn't the most glamorous thing in the world. We know a lot of other minor league systems for other sports are not all glitz and glam. You look at minor league baseball, and it is basically a hellhole. You're riding around on big buses where you can't sleep cramped next to people, driving basically across the entire country for days going to where you're going. Um, the G League, though, is you know, it's a little bit different than what you're experiencing in minor league baseball doesn't necessarily have the funding and everything like that. For example, the Cavs play at – or the Cavs G League team plays at the Canton Civic Center. And if you've been downtown yeah, Canton, right where that is, it is a shit area. There is nothing yeah. good around there. So you're not you're not going to play in front of, you know, 20,000 fans. You might play in front of, you know, 2,500 fans. So it's not all. But it doesn't glam. have to be if you're um, if you're staring at a five hundred thousand dollar check, right? Not 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 everyone's going to Kansas. Not everyone's going to Duke, right? Yeah, you don't you don't <laughs> yeah, have to live in Kansas. You're still you can be living in Jackson Township. 
But also, if you're good enough, you're going to get paid to go to school anyway. <laughs> Fair. So let's not pretend Fair. like like we Zion secure that back. Tried, 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 to, tried to step over that part of the conversation. <laughs> also, Mike is holding that bag, man. <laughs> also, the track record for the G League, though it's been one player, and he didn't necessarily play in the G League. He dropped out, and then you know went on to get drafted professionally in Darius Basley. Um, it didn't work out great. Um, he was the, according to two, four, seven, the 17th ranked recruit in 2018. And I believe he was the 23rd overall pick again. He did not play, but that was the route he elected to go. So there, there is almost no, no track record yeah, of getting no drafted. At all. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a huge unknown. If the G league flops or whatever happens, college may have been better. And like, on 247, Zion Williamson was the fifth-ranked recruit. And across the board, R.J. Barrett was considered the number one prospect coming out of that class. R.J. Barrett went third in that draft. Zion Williamson vaulted himself enough to go number one by playing in college, getting the major exposure of playing at a major, well-recognized program with a proven track record and being seen on national television three times a week. So there is a lot of benefits for going to college. With all that being said, I think this is only going to cause the G League route to become basically non-existent within the next year or two. And like Johnny mentioned, the straight out of high school Correct. is going to come back into play. I, I bring up a player like Iggy Brazdakis, who, Johnny, you know very well, played at Michigan. Solid player, mm-hmm. really solid player. Um, had some really nice moments for Michigan. Also had some moments where he disappeared and shot like 0 of 8 in some games. Um, he was a little bit older as a freshman, so this isn't exactly like the best way to make the shoe fit for this. But, for example, he was about a 14, 15 point per game scorer in the Big Ten. Um, one of the leading scorers, I believe the leading scorer for Michigan, not this past year, but the year before, goes to the G League for the Knicks. Like I said, good player, not a great player. Um, pretty well-rounded, not outstanding in any area, averaged 21 points and seven rebounds. He is just like, you know, you're, he's one of the better G League players, but he's not like the tip of the iceberg. So if a player like that is going to, I guess, not make a mockery of the league, but dominate the league in that way, what are these top five recruits going to do? They're going to go out there and score 25 points and 10 rebounds a game if you're a big. Or you might Jalen Green might average 28 points a game. So I think that route is only going to um, become less appealing. And eventually the NBA and the NBA PA are just going to come to an agreement to let them go straight to the pros because they're just going to dominate that league if they're that good. If we have average players or average to good players dominating that league, now what are great players going to do? So I, I still think there is a benefit to going to college and there may only be one, two, three of these guys per year that elect to go to this G League route. But before, or sooner than later, I think that's going to be gone and they're just going to go straight to the end. Yeah, I, I, I think that this was maybe just a move to kind of force the NCAA's hand, right? I don't, mm-hmm. I, I honestly I agree. don't think that anything I agree. is going to happen with the NCAA. I don't think this is going to have any impact on what the NCAA Do you th- does. To be to be completely honest, do you think that the NCAA might start to adopt a policy like uh, baseball and hockey have, where a player can be drafted uh, from their amateur career, whether it be from high school or juniors, whatever it be, with high school being in basketball, and you can choose to go back? Yes, they can. Well, the team might assign Mm -hmm. them, say, "Hey, uh, keep playing in the NCAA. That's where you're going to do your development, not in uh, the G League." Uh, we want you in college where, you know, may- maybe you're kind of a fuck up and, you know, that's probably not the right word to use describing any student athlete as a fuck up. But maybe you'll fare better uh, in the confines of college rather than getting a check at night, 18, 19 years old and playing the G League uh, where a team kind of, ha- you know, forces your hand to go to college for a year while you're developing and then go play uh, in the big league. I don't think so because it, the the sports are different. So, like you, if if you draft a guy in the first round in baseball and they don't sign, they elect to go to college. You you do get a compensatory pick the next year. So, I don't think with with only two rounds in the NBA compared to whatever like 40, 50, yeah, 60, however many rounds there are in Major League Baseball draft, it's a lot easier to give a compensatory pick 
in a league where you where you have 1,800 players drafted compared to where you have, you know, 60 players drafted. So I don't think that would work. I think it's just like an all-or-nothing sort of Hockey's kind of cool. You can sign a guy. They can play their entire college hockey season, and if your team is still playing in the NHL, you can just – you can just like they can you can they can sign their contract and come play. Yeah, I, I think that would be something that works out with the NBA too. If those players develop in college, if they play really well in March, your team needs a final push at the end there. You sign them Bring right them, after right? college after they're done with their sophomore junior yeah, year and but, go try and make the playoffs. There's no way the, the NCAA the NCAA would the, the NCAA doesn't want to ever be put in a position where they aren't the most powerful organization. Like, they're not going to let the NBA just walk. Because, I mean, they'd have to agree with it with the NBA. And the NCAA and the NBA, as we've seen, have not agreed on much. And, as I said, the NCAA just wants to be the most powerful, <laughs> corrupt, rat-filled organization it is. I mean, if that, Jeez, I wish Adam I love Silver oversaw both. Because Adam Silver, best, commi- best commissioner in sports, the guy actually has a brain. Mark Emmer just has pebbles in his head. Um, but, I mean, it just all goes back to power. I mean, the NCAA just wants all the power they can get, and they they will do anything they well, can. Well, I only ask that because it really only happens. Uh, I, again, I bring it back to hockey-wise, which college hockey to college basketball is not on it's the not. same <laughs> platform as far as popularity. But those players, once they're done with their junior year, uh, they're yeah. done, you know, by then, if you've been taking summer classes, you can graduate with a degree. You might be done with school after your third year of college hockey, and then you go play in the NHL for a couple of months or play in the AHL or something like that. I just don't see why that can't happen for guys finishing up their freshman, sophomore years in basketball if they already have their player rights drafted. Well, they would have to change the entire rules of everything because you have to be on a team by a certain date in order to be eligible to play in the playoffs. So they would have to change all of that. And you would then have to be able to sign free agents as well for the same. Fine. Do that. Sounds like some, sounds like some bookkeeping (laughs) issues. Yeah. I, I, I just can't see any way that would happen. Um, Also you have timing issues because not everyone's season ends at the same time. Well the, same, um, well, the same thing, what we've been talking about. It, once these guys, I mean, had the season gone on this year, a guy from, say, Cornell University, who was the number one team in the nation for college hockey, right, their guys, again, right? yeah, their guys aren't going to go out as early as, say, a player from, uh, I don't know, say, Princeton that wasn't going to make the tournament. If they have a really good player on their team, once they're done with the conference tournament, that guy can Boom. go play professional hockey. Correct. And like, I just don't see why we can't come to some type of uh, situation where that can happen for college basketball players as well. Be- because if you're drafting only 60 players, there's no way you're going to draft. I don't know how many rounds hockey has. To play, have him play to have him play five games. Yeah, I can see that. There's just not. There's just not a minor league system for you know development. I, right. I, I get that, but. Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing well, that out there. Well, well, other you know, sports. It, it, it seems it like is, others. It is. It is an interesting. Just, you know, it sounds like other sports haven't figured out. So. <laughs> yeah, but hockey. Hockey's still good. <laughs> I love it. There was the the the, the kid on the Avalanche, Kale McCarr. That kid won the national championship. Won the Hobie Baker the next day, and then scored his first NHL goal the next day. <laughs> Ken, in the play Ken, in, in the playoffs, <laughs> like that's awesome. Ken Morrow, uh, he, he he didn't sign his player rights, went and won shout a gold medal for the United States. Shout, yeah. shout out Herb Brooks. Left, left the Bowling Green Falcons after his junior year, went and won a gold medal, <laughs> and then he went and won four straight Stanley yes. Cups with the New York Islanders. Sounds like hockey has it figured out a little bit better than basketball. Hockey greater science, basketball. It's just, it just, it just completely, completely different. So uh, we'll wrap it up with – since the draft is next week, as you mentioned, Johnny, when we first started, uh, I'll give you guys some props. We'll we'll see what yeah. you guys think about them. Um, next next week, we'll make sure this drops on draft day, so we'll have a little bit of draft Perfect. talk next week. Um, but I'm just going to go through here, and if something looks intriguing to me, I will throw it out there with the odds. So the first one, I'm going to do Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia. The over-under draft position for him is 10.5. Over is minus 135. Under is minus 105. 
Do we have any thoughts on that? <clears throat> over as in he over. goes. He he goes later than ten and a, he goes later. Merely than because. 10. Correct. He goes later. I think than, he a, goes late. I'm gonna say over just because I've. So I isn't there like a couple? Drafts. Isn't there an Iowa guy um, who likes this? Obviously, there's yeah Tristan Wirfs yeah, from Iowa, Jedrick Wills from Bama. Um, Are the odds again? There's a couple tackles I think that could go before him. I, I I need to I need to look again at what teams need. I think if there's a spot that I mean the pick that could maybe that he could spoil right. an overbet is obviously at ten with the Browns, but. We don't – obviously, uh, Square, we've seen Ezra Cleveland, yeah, myself. Name, which would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, um, you'll, be, you'll be done. Literally. But, you'll be done. There's also <laughs> been talks <laughs> – there's also been talks of the Browns trading back with Denver, for example, because they want Henry Ruggs or – so I think there I'm going to take the over. I actually like the under on that. The Giants at four have been rumored to like Thomas a lot. I, I haven't watched all the offensive linemen tape. I'm going get, to get into it this weekend a little bit more. I really, really, really liked what I yeah, saw to Andrew Thomas. He's a little bit stiff. He's a little bit stiff, but he's super powerful, really good in the run game, elite in the pass game, has really good change of uh, direction quickness too. Even when he gets beat, he resets real quick. Um I really liked what I saw out of Andrew Thomas. Can play left and right tackle. He played left tackle at Georgia later in his career, but I believe he started at right tackle. Um, so I think a team takes a shot on him. I would love if the Browns ended up with him. I really like what I've seen from Andrew Thomas so far. So I would take the under at the underdog minus 105. Minus 105 on is not bad. Uh, Godfather. <laughs> you know, maybe no. Um, honestly, I was thinking about it just from the statistical standpoint is that over under 10, I just see the Miami Dolphins doing something stupid. I thought about True. this a little bit. They definitely should be taking Tua Tagovailoa, although smoke. he had a pretty horrific in- injury this past season. I think he's They terrible. need a quarterback. They won't. Are they stupid enough? Are they are they the new Cleveland Browns and dumb enough? They got Three of these fucking picks. Are they dumb not. enough with their first pick to take Jake from? No, I they can't, dude. No. If anything, they would. Oh, my God. That no. would be horrific. Oh, my that God. That would be. I would consider <laughs> but you, off the draft do we, well, too, like, are, we are, are we not going to put that past the Miami Dolphins, though? <laughs> the only from. Worthy enough of a top five pick is the mom. No, dude, she rocks. She's something else, huh? Man, oh, Q, yeah. QB one was Hold a good on. show, wasn't it? Gotta get, gotta Google Rock. that real quick. <laughs> good, good, <laughs> well, good while call you do, on that. While, while you do that, <laughs> while you do that, I will move to the next one. Uh, CD Lamb, Oklahoma yeah. wide receiver, over under twelve and a half. Give yeah, me under, good, but he's uh, not going to have a good career. Oh my. God, Mrs. Fromm. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. Oh. Uh, over um, is plus 115. Under is minus take, 155. Give me over. The Raiders yeah, pick at 12. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. I think he slips a little. I think that people – I don't know. I, I love him, but I don't know. I, I've heard, mm. Actually, it's just Coward, but <laughs> – I also he had the best, he had the best stats with inflated with inflated I think stats CD from is, Oklahoma. Like playing in the Big Twelve, yeah, playing Big Twelve does not tell like, me anything. He played he played one super good DB that one kid from TCU and he got shut the fuck down. So I don't know. No, they, he's he, they might draft him high because of the numbers, but he's not going to go on to have this unreal career. And you know what? If he does dig this up, I think he he's good, man. He breaks tackles. I don't. He, he's fast. He. He, he's he's he, a great and blocker for, for being too. that he's skinny and lanky. Blocker. He breaks some fucking tackles. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I go I over. I go. Square over. can probably attest a little more, but from what I've read about trading up with, I'm going to say the under, just because I think if there's a spot where a team could trade up, it's either I've heard the Jets are torn between tackle or receiver. Obviously, there's the Jets better take a tackle, dude. Sam Darnold's receiver. Gonna die. Just Lamb could be there, um, but I mean, I've, all I've seen is him going to the Raiders. So I'm gonna yeah, say I would under. take the under too. I personally think he's probably the best receiver. You like him better than Judy? Uh, 
I do. He does a little bit of everything. He's yeah, really, he's really good. good. I like um, and his name's CD. So that's I, awesome. I, I, <laughs> I would definitely take the under on it. I think, I think we're gonna have a run on receivers starting around pick eight. And I think we could definitely have five or six guys picked in the yeah, first. Yeah, man, round. I agree. So I think the run starts around eight. I'll take the them. under there. Um, Another one, Derek Brown, the over-under. Uh, Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn. The over-under is eight and a half. The over is plus 125. The under is minus Give me the under. Give me the under. I've been saying forever that he's the best offensive under. Uh, lineman in this draft. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know Chase, him. So, uh, Chase Young, I'll, I'll touch I'll, this uh, kid. I'll choke him. He's a beast. <laughs> chill, chill, chill. <laughs> Oh no, I, I'm God. I'm being serious here. Chase Young, when he was what? When he was non-existent <laughs> against Penn State, against Michigan, against Clemson. Oh, he's getting <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> they and, whooped him. And their Derek, defensive line was amazing. And Derek they, Brown against he had three. He had the entire left side and, of the line. And on Derek Brown God, against dude. Alabama wasn't. Come on. <laughs> Get a, get out of here! I don't know. That. I don't remember. Derek, Brown. how many points? How many points did Auburn give us? That how many is, points did Auburn that is bullshit. You're bullshit. How many points did Auburn give Derek, us? Derek Brown is the best offensive lineman in this draft. John Deere, get out! <laughs> you are Chase high. Young. Chase Young. Chase Young got done with that. Chase Young got done with that suspension, and he was done with the season. He. Derek. Chase Young is going to eat tackles. Oh my He's going to eat them in this league. Square, square. I'm taking the under, and he's either going defensive, to Carolina or defensive rookie I of would the year. Right the, there, Derek. Brown. It was what eight and a half. You said under eight, eight and a half. Where does Arizona pick? Because because I've heard eight. that Kyler Murray wants Ceedee Lamb taken. I I'm gonna take the over, and I actually agree with Godfather. I don't think he's the second best defensive lineman in this class. I oh think God. he's the third best because Javon Jav- Javon Kinlaw <laughs> from South Carolina is better than he is by a mile. Derek Brown, I think, is one of the most overrated players in this draft. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I don't know. I think he's extremely overrated. Um, I would be able to say I watched him play but he got hurt against Kent earlier this year um, and didn't play after the first drive so um, but he tested extremely poorly which I expected because he's not a good athlete you don't necessarily have to be a good athlete when you're a defensive tackle except most I'm going to take are. the over I think you got I think he goes nine to Jacksonville if Jacksonville doesn't trade out. Well, thank God we got to watch Chase Young Um, rack up sacks and tackles for loss. Dominate the Big Ten, you're right. Against against Florida Yeah, thank God we got got to watch him dominate the Big Ten. Then when he he got to go play against Penn State and Michigan and any team that was ranked and worth a shit, you didn't hear his fucking name. 17 points scored by Penn State, and how many Michigan scored? 20? Like, Jesus Christ. The guy takes up the entire left side of the line. Oh, my God. (laughs) They game plan just for number two. (laughs) I don't like Ohio State. I probably dislike Ohio State as much as the square. He's a monster. Fraud. He is without it. He's the F word. He'd be the best player it, here. It, all right, oh my all right, you're throwing out the right, F word. Save that for next year. Save it for If Joe Burrow didn't you. have the greatest college football season no, anyone's ever seen, Chase Young would be not even. It wouldn't even like there wouldn't even be a discussion. It would just be who's two. <laughs> oh my god! You know, <laughs> have a drunk down the jack of soda and go to bed. All right, save, save oh it for my next God, week. We'll dude, talk about it are... next week. A couple more props. First, the first running back Ooh. to be drafted. DeAndre Swift is the favorite at minus mm-hmm. 200. The other th- three major candidates are Jonathan Taylor, plus 210 yeah. from Wisconsin. Swift, obviously, from Georgia. J.K. Dobbins, plus 700 from Ohio State. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, plus 1,200 Jonathan from Taylor's LSU. probably not a bad bet just at the odds there, but I think Swift goes first. Swift or Dobbins? I, I, I agree with. I, I agree think Dobbins is the best, but I but I think that I think that Swift Swift will go first, but Taylor's a good odds. Dobbins there. was the best Swift football player. Do you think Dobbins was a... the best football player on that Ohio State football team? 
offense or defense. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, he dominated both Penn State square, and Michigan. Square. <laughs> Chase Young sure didn't. Yes. <laughs> square. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, Johnny. <laughs> so I've read, I've in the brief 15 minutes, I've been looking at mock drafts. It looks like the Dolphins at 26 are going to go running back. And I read on Twitter today yeah. they did have Dobbins in person before Corona. Do you think there's you a think chance Smith, they take him you over think Smith? Smith? No, or I, that or no. I don't think that's like what twenty six. I don't think, I don't think any running back goes in the first round. That's not, that's not a bad um, bet. Can you, I don't, can you bet I re- that? Yeah, I I don't think any of these guys are truly elite options. Uh, Dobbins is well rounded, but he's not really elite at anything. He just does a lot of things well. I still worry about Jonathan Taylor's breakaway speed. DeAndre Swift's a little bit small. He's always been part of a committee in college. He's right. never been a guy to handle the full load. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's he's small and ran slow at the combine, but I, I yeah, love good. his game. Um, if I was betting on one of them, I would probably bet right. Taylor I, I like plus that 210. I, like I think that. he goes higher like in the bet. second round. Um, Swift minus 200. Right, that's, that's a real high for me. So I would take <laughs> – I would take Taylor plus 210. Um, last one we'll do, the first wide receiver drafted. There's a ton more that we can do next week if we wanted to. First wide receiver drafted, Jerry Judy is even. CeeDee Lamb plus 130. Henry Ruggs plus 225. Uh, Justin Jefferson is plus 10,000. Yeah, it's, those are your, I think they got those top right. four right there. Yeah, um, I think that Judy at, at even money is not a bad bet because I think he goes first. That's not bad. Even money for that? I would I would have thought that that would be like minus like 150. Again, a lot of people are going to be thinking CD Lamb. It's just I I just don't know if we saw him against the right people to be making a I just You're no, trying no, so I, hard. I, I don't think that it's going to be CD Lamb. I think Judy is probably the best bet there to be uh the number one receiver taken. I just don't think we saw enough out of CD Lamb playing out of the Big 12 where they just don't really like defense. He's he's a phenomenal athlete, don't get me wrong. It's just I haven't seen him tested against guys, you know, that right. play on defenses with, you know, Derek Brown. And Lincoln Riley had this motherfucker wide open. <laughs> Godfather, where did, where did Jerry question. Judy go to college? <laughs> <laughs> no way, you don't know, really? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. He went to the same Come on, bro. <laughs> Man, their wide receiver court was stupid. Johnny, who are you taking here on this prop? Wait, so what is, who is Frankie? In? I had Judy at Godfather Judy. probably said to be like, the first wide receiver. CD Lamb was like plus was two hundred or something like that. And who did Godfather? Um, and then Justin man, Jefferson's going like like I like Henry. I think, I think the Browns trade out of ten. I like the Broncos Rugs. trade to ten. Fast as fuck, but I hope that he slips, man. If that dude slips, man, the Eagles better. Oh take yeah, he's lightning. Well, the rumor is I know. the Eagles want to trade up. I'm okay with that land. too. <laughs> Just give me, give me fucking something um, that's not I, Nelson fucking Aguilar. I I agree with you, Johnny. I I would bet, and I honestly think it's going to be Henry Ruggs. By no stretch of the imagination do I think it should be. I would take both. I would take both C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy before I took Rugs. I might even take Justin Jefferson before Just I took Henry Ruggs. All year. Um, but he's absolutely elite in the slot. Henry On Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is I, yeah, very true. fast. He's literally Just, John that's, that's about it. Um, I I have a lot more faith in Justin Jefferson. Change of direction, ran real quick at the combine, hands, route tree. Um, I, I like Justin Jefferson a lot. But I would bet Henry Ruggs. I think he's going to be the first receiver taken. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets stay at 11 and take him or if someone trades up to take him. I think he's one of the more desired commodities in the draft this year because of what we've seen teams like Kansas City do with speed and Tyreek right. Hill. So uh, I, I will take him there. Real quick, I'll give a bonus one here. Jalen Hurts is mm. draft round the first round is plus oh man 500. The, the, the Packers I, are thinking about taking it huh. 
I don't think he's any good. I actually I, think too. he's terrible. I um, <laughs> actually, but I would definitely, I would definitely bet plus five hundred <laughs> that a team might trade into the first round to get that fifth year option. I've never then. seen a, a college football player take their helmet off more during football games than fucking Jalen Hurts. I've seen that stupid fade that he has in his hair. <laughs> I hate that. Guy. That fade's new, though. That's only the last year. <laughs> yeah, and he's only taking his helmet off after every fucking play this year. I guess you know I don't hate the guy like you guys apparently hate him. He seems like a very nice man, but I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I think that I'm not going to ask. Plus five hundred is a good bet, though. He's going in the first. I think. I mean that'd be, that'd be nice because he seems like a good guy. It's just I'm not going to pick. He's not. He's, I'm not going to pick him to be first round talent. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to pick him to be mine if there are other guys in that draft. I'd take him ahead of Jake Fromm still. I think I would too. Yeah. But 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 uh, yeah, but then you get Mr. Fromm around the clubhouse. God, you're fucking right. <laughs> you're fucking right about that. <laughs> Always have to is take that into account. Is there a Mr. Fromm in the so. that, uh, Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that... yeah he, he, he drove in the practice <laughs> every matter? day, which means, well, let your imagination run wild. You you have you you have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> So that's going to do it for this week's good. episode. A lot of, uh, a lot lot of stuff of that we debated. <laughs> yeah, no, no, nothing to bet on besides these props, which we won't really finalize until next week. Like we said, we'll have a lot more draft talk next week since it will be coming out the day of the draft. So we'll talk more props and all kinds of shit later next week. Um, I'm, I feel a lot better by the end of this. I don't want to kill you guys, so that's good. <laughs> Appreciate everybody tuning in to listen. We. Uh, we do this because, one, it's fun, and two, because there's literally nothing else to do. So thanks for the support, and we will talk to you guys next week.